Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome to the Dennis and Friends podcast, a place where my friends and I talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us, what's going on in life and around the world. I'm Dennis. I host this podcast, episode number 27, the second of three this week. I told y'all we had three this week. And today is back on the sports grind, back in sport mode, whatever you want to call it. I'm still a little bit tired from camp. I have not fully recovered yet because that's what camps do to you, but that's okay. I'm sure I'll get back to it. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to bring you guys this episode. Noah Bruton is back to talk NBA, the finals, recap that, talk about our Mavs. So let's go ahead and get straight into it. This is the main segment with Noah. All right, everybody. Welcome to the main segment today. And today we are going to talk the end of the NBA season because it is now over. The finals have ended and about a few other things as well. Of course, back with me to talk hoop is my great friend, veteran guest host of the show. The great Noah Bruton is back, ladies and gentlemen. Howdy, hey. Howdy, hey. Howdy, hey. Howdy, hey. His usual greeting from Oklahoma. (laughs) We are recording this on a Sunday night on what would have been game seven of the finals, but it ended in six. So we're recording this on Father's Day, Juneteenth, whatever you want to call it, all the things. And we're going to talk about this series that the Warriors just wrapped up and got their fourth championship in eighth years. I think that's a dynasty if I ever have seen yeah. it. So, most, most definitely. Yeah, so let's just get into it. Yeah, Noah? So let's start with game six. I, I know we're like working like kind of backwards. I was just telling you before we recorded that we're going to kind of do this by players and not by games because it was such an mm-hmm. odd series. I mean, we could do about every game because, like, game five, like, for example, was super weird. Like, super, super, like, like why did the Warriors win that game when Steph literally yeah. didn't make a three? Game six is fresh on my mind because I rewatched it yesterday when I got back home from camp. So I'll let you start. What What are your thoughts on what happened Thursday night and how the Warriors were able to, to finish it out? Steph carried this team on his back for the most part during these finals game five obviously was the exception but honestly no one i mean other players stepped up but in terms of like three-point shooting no one really did great uh except for clay in game five but um game six i mean he he was electric you had the whole time i was hoping for uh freaking clay uh game six clay he didn't really show up honestly he he played pretty bad, but yeah. um, Steph played great. They had some role players do well. Andrew Wiggins played pretty well, especially on defense. But, uh, I mean, he had three blocks, four steals. Like, he went crazy um, defensively. And then played well offensively, 18 points, 7 of 18, 4 of 9 from 3. Like, And the Celtics, man, they just looked defeated Like after the first quarter. It was kind of like watching – honestly, it was somewhat – like watching uh, Game Seven of the Mavs Suns Finals or series, except that obviously it wasn't a complete blowout, but the same kind of attitude from the Celtics. I felt like they just gave up. The only player that did anything for them offensively was Jalen Brown, uh, or I say that, but Al Horford also played. He had a well good too. second it was half. Just, yeah, yeah. But other than that, I mean, Robert Williams had ten points. Jason Tatum had thirteen, but I mean, you're expecting thirty from the guy. 
an elimination game, you know, but like it was just Steph went crazy is kind of how it went, but also other players played well too. Yeah. The twenty one to nothing run in the at the end of the first going into the second quarter, that was the game, you know? Because mm-hmm. Boston started out well. They were were up fourteen to two yeah. to start the game, which is like, okay, like they're they came to play. And then they just got really careless with the ball and turned it over and the Warriors got hot. Jordan Poole had some big shots at the end of the first that I thought carried that oh, yeah. into the second and you know, Steph kind of put the finishing touches on that run and and that was it. And the Celtics never really were able to go back from that. They got it down to like eight, I think, in the fourth quarter at one point, but it never got really any closer to that, which credit to the Warriors for holding it down, you know? Like, they, besides the first, like, five minutes of the game, they were in complete control. And that's due to their shooting, due to Steph's greatness, due to Boston just being awful. Um, They, like, Marcus Smart specifically, I'm going to go on a big rant about him later, but him specifically, I don't know. I don't know what his stats were. I'm looking at it on your screen now. What is that? Does that say eight points? Yeah, or nine. Nine points. Like, he was awful. Both ends of the floor. Not good defensively. He's insufferable to watch because he just flops all the time. And it's like, at some point, he's going to get hurt doing that by trying to bait the refs into making calls. I'm sure you saw Steph did did do a little... uh, little nut tap there. Yeah, yeah, uh, I did see that. Which, that's kind of tough, but it's also kind of funny. Yeah, that was... But, and then he hit the three, of course. Right, right. Yeah, that was my... But, on my Saturday morning uh, Twitter catch-up session, <laughs> driving back from camp. Uh, yeah. That was pretty funny to see. Anyway, Tatum was awful, like, turning the ball over, not hitting shots. I mean, I'll get to them later, but you're right. Like, they didn't care like, after the run or, like, during the run and then, like, never really recovered after that. I mean, Horford showed some pride. Jalen Brown showed some pride. Robert Williams showed some pride. I'm kind of dumbfounded at why during that run that Udoka, like, had Pritchard in the whole time because he literally did nothing during that stretch. And I don't get why he was ever playing in this series, like, to be honest. Yeah. Like, he did nothing. In throughout the entire six games, like even in game one, like I don't think he was part of that three point barrage that they had, you know, like I I don't know what <laughs> like I get you don't have a deep bench, but also like you got to be able to lean more on Derek White because Derek White's been able to give you more production. But right. I don't know. That's that speaks to it's a very top heavy team. I think we know that after looking at it now, because I mean, your bench is. Peyton Pritchard, Grant Williams, Neesmith, Derek White. Like, that's only really eight guys, and the Warriors have, like, 10 or 11, maybe 12 on some Warriors, uh, yeah, like, Steve Kerr is really good at going into his bench if he really needs to. He knows, like, when to – and, I mean, that's why he's – I mean, that's why they've gone on this run they've had. Obviously, they have, like, the big three with Curry, Clay, and – Dre and like not that that Clay and Dre played amazingly throughout the series, but like po- point is Steve Kerr knows how to use his players effectively. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. So I loved seeing Steph be so emotional at the end of the game. I thought that was really cool yeah. because 
I mean, they're right. Like, the year after they lost to Toronto in the finals, they won, like, 15 games. He only played, like, five. And then the clay stuff and people thinking that Draymond was washed and stuff and, you know, them having lottery picks and all that. So it's cool to see them, like, show that. Um, even though they last won a championship four years ago, it's like, that's still really cool to see. Um, and they're so likable, man. Like, I mean, I know Draymond's a, a troll and he's got his bits and stuff, but I mean, mm-hmm. you can't not like Steph, you can't not like Clay, especially after all that he's been through. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of likable guys on that team, even like the rookies, you know, like I think Moody and Kaminga are, are very likable guys as well. So I'm happy they won. Um, this is probably the most. Of all four of their championships, this is probably the most, like, significant in that it's post-Durant. The roster, outside of Wiggins and Steph, because, I mean, Clay had a not the best year. I mean, he's obviously coming back from injury. Who are you right. relying on to score the ball? I mean, you had that from Jordan Poole, but, like, there were moments where Jordan Poole wasn't showing that, especially, like, the first couple of games and, of this series. You know what I mean? Yeah, and... Jordan Poole, I mean, you're kind of talking about the season, but, like, Jordan Poole didn't really show out until the playoffs. Like, I mean, you know, he had his moments here and there, but overall, that's when everyone really started noticing him was the playoffs. Yeah, I noticed beforehand, just because, like, they kn- we knew that he was going to start until Clay came back. And he had, uh, I yeah. think, like, 10 or 15 games over 30 points, which is honestly kind of okay. a lot. So they were, in some ways, a pretty offensively challenged team, and they still were able to... <laughs> to you know make it this far and you know i mean win the whole thing so um, kudos to them and i mean that's scary to think about that they've kind of opened the window for their run to go on even further over the next couple of years because i mean it doesn't look like they're slowing down anytime soon and their younger guys are going to get better like kaminga is going to be i would imagine a lot better next year they're going to get wiseman back like and if yeah if he pans out the way he's supposed to be or even if he's like 65 percent of what he's supposed to be he's still a pretty solid nba player so i mean watch out man like are are we about to see another run of these guys i mean we'll see how steph and clay and dre and their bodies hold up because i mean they're not young anymore Mm -hmm. but i think a full season for clay will be good for him and um i mean we could talk about this later because i want to mention which of these two teams will be back next year or has more of a chance to be back but we'll answer that question later let's start going by players I think the best player in the series for Boston was hands down Jalen Brown. Like, I don't think there's a Easily. question of that. And I think the second best Easily. player was honestly Robert Williams. I thought he was fantastic, especially defensively. Like, I knew he was a pretty solid, like, sh- shot blocker, rim protector. But that dude is an elite rim protector. Like, elite mm-hmm. on so many levels. And he's he makes all the right reads. And he's such a great offensive rebounder. And I know he got, like, they limited that, like, after game three, especially, but he is so important to that team, man. And he was fighting through injury. So I, I think he was the second best player. Cause let me be real, man. Tatum was not good. Yeah. Not good at all outside of shooting threes. And I mean, game one, I know people were like, Oh yeah, like 13 assists in game one. Sure. But also none of those are like, you know, crazy passes. It's just like hockey passes, like making its way yeah. around like the perimeter. And they were like hot from three that night. And never really were 13 assists because I mean, he couldn't shoot the ball literally went three of 17. Yeah. 
yeah from the field one of five from three so i mean he probably was just like okay well let me get it to my other guys especially that night the guy was out horford yeah. game and one. i mean Jalen brown too yeah Derek white was solid too i just don't understand how he didn't exploit his matchups better in some ways because he's such a good mid-range shooter and he was terrible from the mid-range and with layups mm-hmm. this series kudos to steph i mean i this season like Showed that Steph is actually not a terrible defender, and he actually made a lot of leaps right. and bounds this year, which is like crazy for somebody who's thirty-four. Uh, <sighs> but he like he did such a great job on Tatum because they were definitely yeah. matchup hunting him pretty hard, and Steph held his own and did a, such a pretty he, solid he was, job. He was making himself bigger for sure. Yeah, like, and I was looking at Twitter, and the stats were that he he did that with every guard that he had to match up with. I think the the person who shot the best percentage wise in the whole playoffs was Luca, not to get a homer, and Luca shot thirty nine percent, which isn't fantastic, but he held Jaw to like twenty two in the semifinals and I can't remember if it was uh Morris or or uh Barton in the Nugget series, but shut them down super hard as well. So I mean kudos to him for for holding his own. But I, I'm so I mean I like Tatum, I do, but there's a lot of people who, especially after the East Finals, were like that he's top five in the NBA right now. This, yeah, I, he's not. Like, there's, I'll name you five guys right now: Steph, Durant, Jokic, Giannis, Luca, and then that's not even counting Embiid. <laughs> like, that's not even counting yeah. LeBron. Uh, that's, I mean, there, there's multiple guys better than Jason Tatum. He's probably in the top ten, though. Yeah, but I like, agree. Yeah, like he's towards probably the like bottom seven, of that for sure. Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no question. But he's not top five. Like, let's stop with that right now. This series proved that as well. I, I mean, Draymond and Wiggins did such a great job against him defensively as well. And I just felt like he wasn't in the zone all the time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know he Kobe's his biggest inspiration, and he loves talking about mama mentality, and he's definitely shown that. But there are some moments where it's like, are you like realizing the magnitude of what you're in right now? Like you're in the NBA finals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going on inside the player's head, but that's just what it looked like to me watching every game of him. And like Jalen Brown came to play, you know, like every single yeah. game that series. I'm like shocked at how good of a finisher he is and how athletic he is at the rim. Cause that's not something mm-hmm. that I don't see out to. Cause I mean, we don't watch Boston Celtics games on the regular, you know what I mean? So yeah. he was far and away, I think the best player in this series. Why don't you, and then, get, go, I was going to say, you say Robert Williams was the second best. I would somewhat agree, but also, I mean, Al Horford, he played pretty well yeah. for the most part. Like he had, I think one kind of bad game, but I mean, especially game one, like he went, what was it? Uh, yeah, he had 26. six of eight from three. Yeah, he had twenty six. Which I, I'm not expecting that from old man Horford over there. Like, yeah, uh, he. I mean, I could see him getting like eighteen. I feel like is a good scoring night for him. And I mean, he had two in game two. So besides that, uh, I mean, he had eleven. Like he he's shooting not a ton of shots, but he's. Like game three, he only had 11, but he went five of seven, you know, like the shots he was taking were high percentage shots and stuff like he's he was knocking him down. So I thought the impact that he had what like, if anything, I would have 
see if he could have had more shots, like feed him a little bit more instead of bummy Tatum throughout that. I mean, I don't know. It just, I know we just rant about Tatum, but like he was such a disappointment. And I say that even though I didn't want the Celtics to win, I was, I was going for the Warriors, but like, man, I was hoping to see at least one or two games where Tatum played well. I mean, Game three, he had 26, but he went nine of 23. Like, yeah. he it, he just, I think that was his highest scoring one. Uh, I think game two, flip, he had like 26 or 28, if I remember 20, correctly. Or, yeah, he had 28, yeah. So, I mean, he I guess game two, he actually did shoot well, and he was actually the only one that played well out of that. Like, Jalen Brown didn't play super great that game. But, like, yeah still it just Tatum was just a bum and then Marcus Smart just I feel like for the most part was non-existent aside from a game here and there yeah he was offensively and defensively yeah he was great in game one yeah outside of that like I mean like I said earlier he's insufferable to watch like I can't stand how people in Boston like are like yeah this guy's fun to watch because he falls down every single play. Like, yeah. what are you doing, man? Like, it's so it's so bad. It's so obvious that he's trying to bait so hard to get the refs to call anything. And he had a couple of back-to-back calls, I think, in Game 6, where it's like, dude, you are literally stumbling to the ground before the screen is set and you're getting the call. Like, what is happening? And then his three-point, like, shot, like... He'll do this bit like when he's shooting a three and if anybody comes in to close on it, he'll like start leaning down and then just like awkwardly fall like for no reason. It's like nobody's getting in your landing spot, dude. Like what are you talking about? So I I can't stand the guy. I mean, he's a great – don't get me wrong. He's a great defensive player. Like, I mean, he's defensive player of the year. Like you can't take that away from him. And he's got a decent offensive bag, like, better than we thought. Like, he's got a nice little, like, midi game, which is, like, super weird. And he actually can shoot the three okay. But let's not act like he's an elite point guard by any means. Especially on the offensive side of the ball. Like, he's got a long way to go to reach the likes of, like, a Chris Paul or, like, a Luka or, like, a Steph or whatever. Like, he's not. I mean, he's their weak link. And that starting five, he's their weak link. Uh, yeah. from an offensive perspective because Horford will get you buckets and he's such a solid three-point shooter and he'll like get you down low to the post that like he's able to be productive and he's rebounds well and all that so I, I I can't stand the guy I'll mention this later but they got to find a solution at point mm-hmm. guard I think Boston does but we'll move on from that you mentioned Clay Clay was okay the series and that's okay I'll give him a yeah. pass I mean what do you expect from the guy? It's his first season back. And what, two full seasons? Yeah. He, he missed two and a half seasons. I, and, yeah. yeah. He had some good shots. Like, he had some clutch shots, especially game four. A couple of shots in game four that were really crucial, especially at the end. And obviously, yeah. like you said, he played well in game five. And I know he didn't play well in game six, but there was a couple of ones where, like, the Celtics were, like, coming back, and then all of a sudden... He just kind of pops a three over somebody guarding him, and, and it goes in, and yeah. it kind of like hurts the spirit of the Celtics. You know what I mean? So yeah, I thought Gary Payton the second his impact coming back on the series was huge, mm-hmm. absolutely huge because he made his shots first of all, but also just defensively, just another guy to throw 
at Brown and at Tatum, I thought meant a lot. Any any other thoughts on him? He's just another. He's kind of like I'm sure we'll talk about Jordan Poole here in a second, but he he's kind of like a Jordan Poole in the sense of he brings more energy uh, on the court. He's a he's a pace setter in a way. Like I would say he's the defensive pace setter. Like he just he gets in there and stuff, and he does great. And I mean, offensively, he's he's okay. He's not great, but like sometimes he'll get you a bucket here and there, you know. So overall, he he played great in that final series for sure. Yeah, especially after, I mean, that's such a terrible injury to have, and that yeah, wasn't even oh his gosh. own doing. Like, shout out Dylan Brooks for being the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, just the way that he came back was was super cool. Let's talk about pool. Um, his, I mean, his half court shots were like stupid. Oh my gosh! Actually, stupid. It it felt like Steph when he made those half court shots or those crazy shots in the 2018 finals against Cleveland, like mm-hmm. that one in Game One, and then there was that one where he like kind of took Love like super out of the perimeter and he just kind of threw it up and it went in, and that kind of like sealed the game. Like that was the same kind yeah. of vibe. I, I mean, he's he's kind of annoying, but he's definitely in my respect in a lot of ways. Yeah because he's a he's productive he he knows his role and he doesn't i mean he tries to do too much sometimes but in his role he thrives you know what i mean yeah most definitely i mean he's kind of he he showed a lot warriors if he keeps playing the way he's playing warriors are going to be in good hands for the future because like you know steph's getting older you know he's getting a little off his game although he broke the three-point record this year he did not after that he was kind of just not playing great but like Jordan Poole he's he could be that next he could be the one to fill his shoes now I don't think he'll fill them perfectly you know because Steph's a one of a kind especially when it comes to shooting but I mean Jordan Poole he played he played pretty well he he it was like I said uh Gary Payton was the defensive like energy Jordan Poole would come in he would either come in and immediately make an impact or he would come in jack up some shots, miss them, and then later hit, like, three straight. And, like, they were those stupid little step backs that he always hits, and for some reason, no one can guard him. I guess I know how people feel against Luka sometimes, you know, but, like, Jordan Poole was awesome. He was pretty bad in game one and then figured some stuff out after that. Yeah, definitely. that's, That's good on him. Speaking of somebody who figured stuff out, Draymond Green who was mm. abysmal the first, like, four games of this series, yeah. was pretty solid in game five, and then was spectacular in game six. Like, yeah. absolutely spectacular. He made threes, which was a shocker. He had, like, <laughs> what, like 10 or 11 rebounds or assists or something like that. Yeah, um, he, he hit two of five from three, uh, 12 rebounds, eight assists. Incredible. And two blocks, two, two steals. Two steals, two blocks. A plus, yep. what does that say? Plus 18, plus, plus 19, 16. Plus 16. And the highest plus minus besides Gary Payton, it looks like. Yeah. Um, on the team. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a way to respond to all the crap that myself included gave him, that everybody gave him the first like half of the series. Like, he was awful. Awful. Yeah. Like, he was averaging more fouls and points at one point. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so, kudos to him, man. I, I don't know what else you have I, to say on him, but I, kudos to I, him. For, I saw coming back yeah uh, yeah no what you said kudos to him but I, I saw a stat where i think it was the entire playoffs uh run that they had if draymond made it three they had a 100 percent win rate 
<laughs> I think. I think. Now, obviously, they won some games without him sure. hitting them. But if he hit a three, they did not lose. I mean, I think I remember him hitting a three in every game against the Mavs. So that definitely makes sense now that I think yeah. about it. <laughs> so, like I said, he's got his bits. He's a troll. He's been tweeting crap at Jaw all day, to like today and yesterday, which I kind of love because yeah. Jaw Jaw just be talking sometimes, man. Dude, like yeah. he just be on his phone too much. Like he, this bit that he's doing of like, oh, we live in rent free in your head, bro. Nobody living rent free. They got four rings. Like, what have you yeah. won, Jaw? Rookie of the year in one playoff series. You like, I know you got hurt, but still, like, you can't say anything yet. So I kind of love that. Um, and love the trolling bit that he did with the shirt. Did you see that with the, he got the, like, the Celtics, like, shirt that they oh, gave yeah. out? And, he, like, the, like, blank space for Banner 18, and he wrote, nope. Love that. Absolutely love that. So, like I said, kudos did, to him. Did, did you see what he tweeted earlier today? Um, he Which tweeted, one? getting ready for game seven yeah, tonight, locked fa- in, happy <laughs> Father's Day. Dude, what? So good. Draymond. He's, dude, him and Joel are the best on social media when it comes to trolling from like people in the NBA world, like incredible stuff. I'm trying to figure out more warriors to talk about, but I think we should talk about another Celtic. Well, oh, okay, go ahead. Uh, Derek white disappeared pretty hard after game oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> one and yeah. two, which is like not great, but do you have any other thoughts on other Celtics players? Cause I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on, we haven't even talked about Wiggins yet and auto yeah, Porter, um, but, not really, because, I mean, there wasn't... I mean, we talked about Pritchard. He kind of was bummy for the most part. I mean, Derek White, yeah, like you said, he played well game one. I think he played well game two. Where is he? I'm blind. Oh, there he is. Uh, he did okay game two. But, yeah, after that, I mean, I don't think Bro hit a three uh, the rest of the series after that. So, yeah. I mean... Grant Williams was non-existent this series too after being yeah. like elite in the Bucks series um, mm-hmm. because he like kind of did such a great job on uh, on Giannis and he did okay in the Miami series but he was that dude nope I, I people started to overrate him pretty hard uh, in that during that Bucks series because he can't do anything on offense and he's he's, an, yeah. he's a good defender but he's not like nobody knows that he's like really good you know what I mean um, yeah so I think we need to calm down on that front. Um, let's talk about Wiggins, because if Steph doesn't win MVP, I think Wiggins has to win MVP, right? 100%. Like, 100%. incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And I thought, like, during the math series, I was like, this dude's getting it, but, like, this feels like, I don't know, something about this doesn't feel sustainable. Yeah. Boy, was I wrong. Boy, was it sustainable. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody was. Like, I mean, I I wouldn't have thought, and I said this during the Mavs series with them, I would not have thought that uh, Wiggins would be their second best, and at times, first best scorer in either of these series. Like, he, um, or I guess best offensive player, whatever, you know what I mean. But, I mean, game one had 20, while Steph had 34, you know, game two, uh, he cooled down a little bit, but like, I mean, he was just pretty consistent i don't think he necessarily had a bad uh offensive game i mean even when he went one of six from three in game three uh he still had 18 like 18 then 17 and then game five uh, he was 26 
yeah, game five is when a lot of other, I mean, him and Clay, I say a lot of other people, but it really was just him, Clay, I guess Jordan Poole and Gary Payton uh, stepped up to yeah. on Curry's bad game. He really didn't have a bad uh, offensive game, at least in this series. And honestly, I don't know if you can recall, but I don't think he had one against the Mavs either. No, no. I thought every like, game, except game four when we won. Like that's yeah. probably the only, I mean, that's a bad game that everybody had from their starters. Yeah. Um, but even in the games that they lost in this series, Wiggins still performed fairly well on offense. And it was, it was awesome to watch. Cause I mean, he went from, you know, being drafted by the Timberwolves, everyone thinking it was a bus gets traded to golden state for uh who was at Russell and a first round, which I thought Wiggins was better than Russell anyways, but you know, whatever Uh, warriors had, won that trade from the get-go i thought but um yeah i mean wiggins was awesome for sure and defensively he was amazing yeah going back to the the map series i mean he was he was great on luca i mean obviously luca still got his numbers but he was great the best of all the guys on in the playoff run for the maps he was better than mikhail he was better than bogdanovich and whoever else utah's mm-hmm. threw at him like he was incredible on Luca, and Luca still averaged like thirty in the Warrior series, which is that's just Luca. But he was incredible, like I said earlier, on Tatum, um, him and Draymond specifically, and he had some good moments on Brown too, if I remember correctly. So he has earned my respect a lot this year. Um, I'll say that because I, I mean, I used to clown him all the time because of like him being on the Timberwolves. Like, was he really mm-hmm. the guy? Like, you're the number one pick back in the day. Like. What are we doing? Like he's such a great fit on that team, and I hope he stays there for a long time because I think yeah. they could they could keep adding stuff around him, you know. And there's no need to like because I remember like a few years ago, like well maybe you can flip him for somebody even better. I was like I I I don't think so. Like I think he he's a better Harrison Barnes like for that team because like HB yeah. was solid when on that first title run, but HB's not a like an elite defender by any means. Like he's solid. Don't get me wrong, but he's not elite by any means. Andrew Wiggins is pretty darn good at defense, man. We talked about pool. That's pretty much it. I mean, for the most part, I mean, Bielita played okay in those minutes. Oh, Otto Porter. This coincides with Kerr going to Porter, like starting Porter um, in games four, five, and six. I thought that was a smart move to do that, to kind of switch things up. Looney. Looney. Looney was fantastic too. Looney was pretty good. I think he was better in the Mavs series. I mean, but then again, he had a career high points one night, but I mean, he was, he was solid. Uh, Robert Williams outplayed him overall, but I mean, Looney wasn't bad by any means. His rebounding, uh, I think was the most important. Yeah, definitely. Now let's talk about coaching. Emi Odoka, questionable at best during this series. Yeah. Don't you think? See, Steve. Steve Kerr outcoached the absolute heck out of him for sure. I mean, it's also Steve Kerr's been here before, you know, he knows how to handle certain situations and stuff. So it's like, you know, he has that experience as opposed to the Celtics coach. Like, I mean, Steve Kerr knew, knew what to do in, in these finals. And I can't pronounce his name, but the other guy didn't. Udoka. Ime Udoka. Udoka. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, like why are you playing why are you playing Peyton Pritchard? I mean, that's a I mean, I don't, he doesn't have a good hand with his depth of the roster either, like because obviously they're not as deep as the Warriors. But also, yeah. if Jalen Brown is your best player in the series, give him more touches. Yeah. Cuz 
Tatum clearly didn't have stuff going for him. Find ways to get more shots for Horford and White. Find ways for Robert Williams to be down low and to catch alley-oops and stuff. You know what I mean? I felt like it was yeah. just a lot of like their usual like back-and-forth iso ball um, between Brown and Tatum. Um, and then they had when they did have good moments of ball movement, like it wasn't as effective. So those were the two big things that stuck out to me. Obviously, Kerr is Kerr. You know, like he's a good coach. I don't, I don't know if I can call him elite because he's had a great roster ever since the beginning. And the one time yeah. his players were gone, he won 15 games. You know what I mean? So yeah, but he knows how to get it done, like you just said. So I mean, kudos to to him for finding the way for the fourth time in a. Atheers to to get it done and for their front office for having the ability to pick a good roster. And yeah, I mean, he's always had, I mean, aside from a season here and there, he's always had a good roster, but I mean, he's still like, he knows how to use that roster too. It's kind of like how I said earlier, he knows how to dig deep into his bench. And like, I mean, Gary Payton, he could be, he, he was G League, dude. Like he just knows how to use players effectively and like when to use players, um, Gary Payne on another team probably wouldn't be as effective like in the role he had and stuff. So it's like, yes, Steve Kerr has been, you know, gifted with Curry and Clay and even KD, but like, and you know, that's not necessarily the hardest team to coach because you're, you could just tell them to play ball and they'll each drop, they'll drop like 75 points combined, you know, but like, like figure it out and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, still you got to, Steve Kerr is also a guy that knows his role and when to coach and stuff. And like, he, he just, at the end of the day, he outcoached, uh, he outcoached him for sure. Yeah. Other thoughts that I had on this series are more like big picture stuff. So let's, let me ask you some questions, Noah, and we can go for it. We can debate accordingly of these two teams. Who's more likely to come back to the finals next year? Mm, That's kind of a tough one. I, with like Wiseman coming back from injury and stuff, I want to say Kerr will coach him well. And like, I, I, part of me thinks the Warriors, honestly, because, but then again, you think about it, like Curry's probably, I, you would think Curry would be going down. You would think Clay's going to be going down, say with Dre. Aside from Horford, the Celtics are a rel, like that core is a relatively younger core. You know, and uh, Celtics coach, he's a good coach. He got him to the finals after a crappier than the Mavericks start of the season. You know, like they turned it around. Jason Tatum was electric throughout the season. Like, I I think if I had to throw all my marbles on it, I'd probably say the Celtics at the end of the day. Okay. But it's not by like a ton. I don't think it'd be a repeat, but like I, I would probably say the Celtics make it back. I think it depends on with what I mentioned earlier about them needing a point guard that's not Marcus Smart. Um, yeah. To like really, like, initiate the offense. And they need more depth after the series. I'm going to say the Warriors. Either team is going to be tough. Because when you look at the East, if I had to pick right now, I think the Bucks are going to be back next year in the finals. Yeah. Because, I mean, if Chris Middleton's healthy, the Celtics aren't in the finals. I think that's just what it yeah. boils down to. And the Celtics were also yeah. one Jimmy Butler three away from not making the finals either. Yeah. So yeah. they had definitely their luck come along the way. Whereas the Warriors, I mean, they had their luck too. I mean, the, the Nuggets weren't healthy, fully healthy. Ja got hurt in the second round and the Mavs got tired. 
Like that's yeah. that's what it was for them. But I I just don't see how Milwaukee isn't back next year because I I think Giannis is going to be crazy mm-hmm. next year. Um, like he's going to come back with a vengeance. And if Chris and Drew stay healthy and they keep playing well, they're they're easily right back in it. They they got to fix up some of their core around the edges, not their core, their depth around the edges. Like the yeah. Serge Ibaka trade was such a bust for them because he didn't even play in the playoffs, and he yeah. traded away Divincenzo for that. And Divincenzo could have gave you some production, um, especially after uh, Connaughton got hurt, if I remember correctly. So and with Middleton being hurt, um, so I think Milwaukee has a better shot to be in the finals next year. I, I can't say that about Miami, but also Miami could surprise us and throw the barn at Donovan Mitchell and maybe try to get yeah, him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think if the Heat get Mitchell, that'll, I mean, you know, at this point, anybody's better than Lowry. Yeah. Like, Mitchell could definitely turn that team around offensively because defensively, they've they've got Yeah, they're elite, for sure. yeah. Yeah, but uh, offensively, I mean, during those during the playoffs, like they pretty much, I, I don't want to say solely, but I, I'll say solely, solely, a, what's it called? Leaned on uh, Jimmy Buckets. And there's other teams too. Like, I mean, Philly's still pretty good. I mean, yeah. obviously James Harden's not that anymore, um, like that, like that anymore. But I mean, they're still pretty mm-hmm. good with him on that team. And if Brooklyn stays healthy. Yeah. I mean, who knows about Brooklyn because this whole Kyrie thing is just a mess. Yeah. But, you never know with but, them. I mean, you still have a top five player. Like, you still have KD. Yeah. Like, with KD, you can... I don't want to say you can do anything, but... You I can mean, do almost anything. I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll see you can... what Ben Simmons is like next year. Oh, true. I mean, we always keep forgetting about that. He's a person. <laughs> yeah, he is a person. I mean, Atlanta's still decent, you know? And they might do some crazy stuff this offseason. There's a lot of rumors about them and Gobert and, and other people. I mean, the Raptors... Are, are fine. Like the Cavs should be better next year. Um, now that yeah. they've got a, a second year Evan Mobley and good defense. And I mean, the Bulls should be better next year. Um, now that they kind of know how to win some games and stuff. I mean, the, the East is not easy by any means. So I don't know. I wouldn't put money on the Celtics being back. However, in the West, it's not easy either because there's five really good teams in the West. There's the Warriors, there's the Grizzlies, there's the Suns, maybe, depending on what happens this summer. A fully healthy Clippers team and the Mavs. I think that's yeah. the, the top five. And then the Nuggets, and if they're fully honestly, healthy, the, yeah, they're, that's, that's a top what I was six. Say. So all you people who think the Lakers are going to be back next year, no, there's six teams better than them if everybody's healthy. Like, just I, I mean, I think the Lakers should be a playoff team. Um if they get their stuff together. Yes, but. but big if. If the Clippers are fully healthy next year, watch the heck out. Because they have yeah. nine deep in the playoffs between Kawhi, PG, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, uh, Robert Covington, Norman Powell, Marcus, Marcus Morris. Morris, Zubox. I'm missing one more guy off the top of my head. Uh, Luke Kennard. And not because he's a defensive guy, but because he can knock down threes. And they had some. And Batum. Like, Batum, all those guys yeah. can play in the playoffs in some way, shape, or form. That's scary, bro. And obviously, Kawhi is Kawhi, but, I mean, you know, Kawhi is also moody, so uh-huh. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> Thank Sorry. you for that. Thank you. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to be crazy next year if they're back. But, again, that's a yeah. big if. I think the Grizzlies are, are going to be better next year, but I could also see them taking a couple steps back because I think people are going to figure them out. I don't think Phoenix is a one seed for sure next year. 
Yeah, um, especially if they lose Aiden. Especially if they lose Aiden. And I, I just don't think CP3 is going to... I just don't see how he can have another great year because he's getting yeah. older, you know what I mean? The Mavs are already better. We'll talk about them here in a sec, but they're already better with the Christian yeah. Wood trade. And the Nuggets, if they're back, like, they're scary, you know? like Jamal Murray, man, he... I mean, I can't stand um, the guy, but he's a hooper, bubble. bro. Like, I honestly like him. Yeah, he. I mean, he he's crazy. Michael Porter Jr. is real good too. Um, what is it? Aaron Gordon. You know, he he's he's okay. I think with all those other guys being healthy, he'll fill he'll fall back into what his normal role should be. Yeah. Um, won't have to rely on him as much, yeah. but, uh, and don't I mean, forget fully also, healthy Pelicans. That, that's what, I, dude, are, we have the same brain. <laughs> um, cause I was about to say like the Pelicans, they, they had quite the comeback like after well, like once the, uh, why am I blanking on the same, the trade, uh, the, the, they, the CJ trade. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why I was blanking on McCollum, but, uh, yeah, like once CJ McCollum went there, like they turned it around. I mean, they got the eight seed. Um, took the Suns to they six were games. Pro- yeah, and I mean, they were the nine seed originally, but still, they got that. They won their play in, so they beat the Clippers, which I don't think you or me nope. expected. Yeah, like but also the the Clippers won that game if, if Paul George literally doesn't catch COVID the day of the game. Yeah, true. So. True. Anywho, but, but still, the Pelicans are going to be pretty good next year, especially if Zion's yeah. back. Uh, I, I, I just, I want to see Zion play so bad, dude. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I, it, he's just so electric, dude. Mm. But and can't know, forget I, the, uh, the, the Timberwolves, man, because they're still pretty solid. So. Yeah, I mean, Cat is Cat. He's a great. Cat's a great player. You know, he 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 calls himself the greatest big man uh, three point shooter of Psych? all time, and he's. He's up there. He's, he's a great three-point shooter. I mean, he Dirk. won the three-point contest. No, for sure. No one is Dirk. Dirk is barely even Dirk. No, but like, <laughs> um, nah, but the Jazz, I'm staring at the standings from this past year. Jazz aren't going to be nope. there, nope. Uh, especially with Mitchell going. I mean, unless they get a good trade out of him, but I mean. Well, it's not even that. I just don't think the coach they're going to hire is probably going to be the right fit. Oh, and true. I did, it sounds like Gobert is getting traded more than anybody, more than Mitchell, I think. But yeah. I don't know. I, I don't see how they're... They're probably like a playing team, like a 7-8 seed maybe, but yeah. I think they're going to digress a little bit. I got a question for you. Well, <laughs> I think I've talked about this with you because of my coworkers, but where do you? if you just had to guess, where would you place the Thunder next year? I would place them, what, they finished 14th? Last year, yeah, uh, no higher than like thirteen or twelve. Okay, you don't think they even get close to a play-in? No, because I'm not like your your friend or your coworker who thinks they're like a top. What did he say? Like he he firmly believed they'll be like a top three no, seed no, in our conference. No, it, in ten years I, maybe. I, yeah, I I gave him five. Like I I think. Once all these young guys are developed and stuff, I think that Thunder will be the team to look out for, for sure. But I don't think at the moment, in the next two to three, no. Now, also, I did see, I, I don't want to talk about the Thunder too much, but have you seen the Lou Dort uh, rumors? Uh, no, because I would like I, I would like one Lou Dort on my team. Please and thank you. Yeah, there, there's, I can't remember what his contract situation it's is, cheap. but I think there's... I, I think there's trade rumors for him. Bro, so. sign me up, man. Sign yeah. me up. 
I, take away one of the main defenders in the league that can guard Luca and, and put, put him, him on, on our team, team. For sure. and he's not a bad three point shooter anymore. Yeah, he's sol- he's a solid Sign three D. I think, up, man. Re- uh, like Reggie, he's uh he's like a better uh three point shooter, but I think Lou Dort's probably a better defender. It depends, but yeah, I mean. Oh, I'm so in on that, dude. Yeah, that that'd be cool if we could get him for sure. Because I mean, he's yeah, it's like you said, he's cheap. And honestly, I would trade depending how our team shapes out. And I'll go over another rumor I heard later. But like, I mean, I would trade someone fairly good with our team for him, depending on who it is. Sure. But you know what I sure, mean? Sure, sure, sure. Not trade Luca or no, anything, but no. you know what I mean. No, I know what you mean. All in all, that to say, I think the Warriors are more likely to be back next year for sure. Fair. Fair enough. Now, my other question, big picture question for you is, now that Steph has four rings and has the finals MVP, where is he now on the list of the greatest players of all time? Because I think now he has a very strong argument for top 10. Because here's here's what I think. I mean, if you know me, you kind of know my my stance on top 10. It's like Michael's one, Braun is two, Kareem is three, everything else is kind of interchangeable in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. One of my friends texted me the other day and said, is he better than Magic and Oscar Robertson at this point? He's definitely better than Oscar. I think you can rank him higher than Oscar Robertson at this point. I think there's a case to be made for over Shaq, but I'm not really sure about that just yet. I could also make a case (sighs) for him over Kobe, but I don't know if I'm so sure about that either. Um, the The thing with Steph, man... He changed the game with mm-hmm. his three-point shooting. Like, it's... And, I mean, he's not... That's not all he's known for, but, like, that's easily his biggest uh, impact. He's ranked number 16 in all this. Um, the next people in front of him are Moses Malone. Better than him. Uh, Dr. J. Hakeem. KD. That... I w- Success-wise, yes. yes. Offensive player-wise, I think, I think I take KD. Right, just cause he has, because he because for I mean, how yeah he's a giant yeah and he move he moves like not a giant honestly right. he's kind of like Giannis in that way but uh uh then it's Shaq at eleven Kobe Oscar Robertson Tim Duncan I didn't know Tim Duncan was number eight that's I mean he's got five rings bro like yeah true that's pretty good true but Russell Will Magic Kareem Braun and Michael I I think I Magic is still the I, best point guard of all time as of right now. Yeah. So I I can't put yeah. him over him yet, but I don't know. I, I think, think he's like he, 11 or 12 least, now. If I was just to stop like right at Kevin Durant cuz I think KD is overall better player than Steph, I I would put move up Steph up to 13 at least. Okay. We could give me more time to, you know, really truly think about sure. it. I could maybe possibly put him higher, but in terms of just seeing who's on the list, KD's at number 12. I, that makes me want to put Steph at 13 on that point. I think just the fact that they've won one ring before Durant and one ring after Durant, I think that kind of seals it for me. And he's also, I mean, Steph's also the only unanimous MVP ever. They won 73 games as a team, and he was the leader of that Broke team. Ray Allen's three point Broke Ray Allen's record three-point record and half the games. Yeah, like, I think he's over Durant right now, just historically. I mean, Durant has a couple more well they're about the same age so i mean they're on the same path but i think he's uh, i think he's over durant right now but like by one spot obviously like nothing crazy but 
Um, yeah, Durant's like a couple years older. If, if I think, Steph cause... gets like one more ring, yeah. he's top ten. Like he, yeah, you can't. Especially at this point in his career, because I mean, I don't think he's going to be getting. I think he can only get worse from here. I don't think it'll be a significant drop off. No, hopefully, because his you know? shooting is so good that he could play another five years and be really effective. Yeah, still. and I mean, this was one of his worst seasons, but he still shot well. You know, it just wasn't our typical Steph Curry standards. It's right. kind of like how we give Braun sometimes some unrealistic standards. Cause he's an unrealistic player, right. one of a kind, you know, but uh, Steph isn't one of a kind when it comes to his three point shot. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll say 12th because I, I don't know. 11th or 12th. I don't know. I, I got to think about that list wholeheartedly too. Cause I think Shaq's still in my top 10. Cause Shaq, I think Shaq is ten. That's like my other like firm like not yeah. movable. You person. put Shaq over Kobe. I put Kobe over Shaq by like one. Because meaning like Kobe's nine, Shaq's ten, Duncan's oh, okay, eight, okay, okay, okay. and then like okay. the the interchangeable really is like where's Bird, where's Magic, where's uh Will, where's Bill in that yeah in that list, but. Steph's up there now, and you give him another and another Finals MVP. Yeah, you gotta you gotta put him up there, like top ten ever. So that, that's his first Finals MVP, yep, right? Because the f- um, first year, first title was Iggy, and then the next two were obviously Durant. I want Andre Iguodala. Sorry. Oh. All right, Max Kellerman. <laughs> didn't didn't know you were on this podcast today. Nah, I'm uh, yeah, you know me. Yeah. That's kind of all I have about the Finals. It wasn't like a amazing, amazing series. Because, like, there was not a lot of drama. Like, there kind of was in game one. There kind of was in game six at the end. There kind of there was some in game four. Game four had the most drama. Yeah. It was the, the closest game. But mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a fine series. Yeah. Not the prettiest basketball. Not the most fun basketball to watch. But The refing was atrocious the entire series. Story of the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah. Story of the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. The playoffs, the refing was atrocious. And I, I have another point. It's about the playoffs in general. It's more of a question to ask you. Like, a lot of people were mad that it seemed like this playoffs, like, time or whatever season had way more blowouts than any other, than at least recent, mm-hmm. you know, uh, seasons. Yeah. I, I personally didn't see a huge problem with it. Especially, like, in round one. Because, like, you know, that's whatever. The one seed typically is going to blow out the eight seed, two, seven, so on and so forth. But, like, I, I, once it got later into the games, there were still close games. It's just one team, it would be close, and then one team would pull away. So, like, I mean, there were some playoffs, obviously, or playoffs, uh, blowouts, you know, most games. But it wasn't, like, the games the entire time were blowouts every single game. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Let's move on, shall we? Okay. Let's uh let's talk about let's keep talking about the NBA. But let's get Homer and let's talk about our maps because they did something. Sir. Surprisingly. They did. I remember so as I mentioned in the intro of this episode, I was at camp um this past week and I got off stage after our worship session at night on I guess this was Wednesday night. Yeah. Because this was the day before game six. I look at my phone and I had it on do not disturb like throughout the whole week. And I open mm-hmm. it up and I see like 65 text messages. And I was like, what <laughs> is happening? 
like there's the world ending or something and i get there's like three from you and like a couple from my buddy preston a couple from my my buddy uh clark and then i'm in this other group text and there's six people and there's like 10 messages each from those six people about the trade kind of crazy so if you didn't know christian wood is a dallas maverick for the if i remember correctly oh you got it right there bobon trey burke marquise chris sterling brown and the 26th pick of this year's draft for Christian Wood. Give me your thoughts on it first before I give you mine. Overall, I'm, I mean, I'm happy with it. We gave him the worst thing we lost was probably the pick. I mean, you know, love Boban, you know, uh, we'll miss the, sad to lose him. Yeah, for sure. But it's like, as a player, he didn't do a ton, especially this season. Last year, he had way more impact than he did this year. Um, especially when it, I mean, obviously in playoffs, he, didn't play aside from when we were blowing them out or getting blown out yeah. like he just no need for him but um of the players we lost Trey Burke was probably the biggest loss and I mean he would come in and fairly be fairly efficient when we actually wanted to play him like especially um in the uh jazz series uh when Luca was hurt those first three games Trey Burke would only play like max eight minutes maybe but he was efficient you know he would shoot a three or two hit them and uh call it good I, I overall i'm happy with it uh i think you and me have talked a lot about this so i don't want to take away your thoughts that i know you're gonna have on it but i think the worst part about christian wood is probably his defense it's not it's nothing you know to be scared of he he's an okay rim protector um but like i think jason kidd i mean we saw how he turned this team into a what were we a top five overall defense this year yeah so i think he can coach him into the right direction for sure so my my feelings about it have definitely changed over the the past few days in part because i was grumpy half the time at camp for other reasons that are not (laughs) sports related so i was more grumpy than i am now about the trade especially when it broke i was like what are we doing the night that it broke but this is what i've come down to from a on-court fit it's pretty fantastic. He is pretty good in pick and roll. He's also pretty good in pick and pop. He shot 40% yeah. from three this year, which is pretty good. He yeah. had a, plenty of games over 30. He rebounds. He can, he's got a handle, like a little bit of a handle, which is like kind of surprising. And like you said, his uh, defense is his weakest thing. And it's not great, but it's not terrible. I mean... It's like about the same level as Dwight Powell, if not a yeah. little better, but it's not terrible. Him getting uh, alley-oops from Luca just sounds so mouth-watering. Oh, yeah. And Luca doing behind-to-back passes to him at the top of the key for three-pointers sounds really, really good as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that. Um, I like the prospects of him playing in a lineup that's pretty, like, catch-and-shoot with, like, him, like, because he's a starter, obviously. He's our starting center now. So yeah. you put him yeah. over Powell, and your starting five is, assuming Brunson resigns, is Luca Brunson, Dorian, Reggie, and Christian Wood, and all those guys can shoot threes. So yeah. that's that's pretty good because it's better than having three guys that can shoot threes and then Dwight Powell who can't shoot a three to save his life. I love that we gave him... It just gives us... Uh, I was going to say, it gives us the opportunity if we wanted to spread the floor more, mm-hmm. too. It, it opens up so much more spacing. So that we kind of lost a little bit of that when we traded Kristaps away uh, midseason. Mm-hmm. Not that it was a, that big of an issue. 
um, at the end of the day because I mean we were okay from three and I mean, worked out worked for out for us because yeah. we made the Western Conference Finals. But we gave up nothing for him, which is fantastic. Like none of those mm. guys were playing. None of them. Our draft pick probably wasn't gonna play that much, and it's not like the twenty-six pick is gonna get you a lot of value, especially in this draft class, because that's a really, really weak class, even at the top. Even like your Jabari Smiths and Chet Holmgrens in the world, they're not like John Morant, Zion, Lucas, Aitons, Trey Youngs, those guys that were like top five over the last few years. Like there's not guys like that in this draft. There's a lot of like potential role players. But he probably wouldn't have played anyway. So I was mad about that at the start of the, like, when the the news first broke. But I've kind of been like, okay, like, whatever at this point. My only thing is just that there's been a lot of reports about him not being the best in the locker room and not getting along with coaches. There's a, I can't remember what it was, but he had an episode with Steven Silas last year in Houston that was not great at all. Um, So I'm not super thrilled about that. But also... This is also the best situation that he's been in since he got to the NBA because he's been in Detroit and he's been in Houston on bad teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's in a winning situation with a team that was three games away from the NBA Finals with a top five player in the league right now. And the last time he was with a really good player was with James Harden for like five games before he got traded to Brooklyn. And the stats from those like few games, small sample size, he averaged like 24 and 10 and had great numbers and James wasn't even trying because he was trying to get out of Houston. So imagine that, but with a guy who cares about his team and his success and not an egotistic person like Luka Doncic. And you can only imagine what that can mean uh, for him. And he's not that expensive. He's literally making $14 million this year. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I also love that we created three more roster spots that we can fill in. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on this trade? Uh, no, I'm I'm excited to see how it pans out for us. Yeah, I know we're not done yet. I was I was having a conversation last night over dinner with somebody with a couple of friends with our buddies Matt and Alex. Um, uh, okay. We went to go eat at Rodeo Goat. By the way, listener, food recommendation just randomly. Rodeo Goat in Fort Worth in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Fantastic burger. Absolutely fantastic burger. Please go eat it sometime if you're ever in Fort Worth or Dallas. We were talking about the Mavs last night, and I'm going to do a a free agency, like, looking forward to next season pod here pretty soon with my buddy Preston because he's super big into free agency and draft and CBA stuff. I was going to wait to mention this until we do that episode, but I'll mention it now. I've kind of got my eyes on two guys that I think could be great on this team. And they're not necessarily like stars. One is, one's not. But I know people want Zach Levine. I know people want us to try for Bradley Beal. Like some delusional people want us to go for Bradley Beal. I don't want that for the vibes. Some crazy, crazy people like Bill Simmons suggesting Kyrie should sign in Dallas. No, thank you. No, thank you. I love Kyrie. Amazing point guard. Some of the craziest handles, but... No, thank you. Yeah. That dude could retire tomorrow, legitimately. Um... (laughs) Tell me what you think about this, Noah. I think if I'm the Mavericks, if I'm Nico Harrison and Jay Kidd and Mike Finley and Cuban, make some calls for Pascal Siakam. Okay. He would be kind I don't of hate it in a lot of ways. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it by any means. I I I like it. He 13 all NBA um, player this year on a very solid yeah. Raptors team has won a championship 
and was like the second yeah. best player on that team. I don't know. I I think that's a that's a really good fit. It's n- not as perfect as the next person that I'm about to say, which people might think I'm crazy. But okay. Any what what are your thoughts on a Siakam? I mean, thing? yeah, he's a really good uh, rim protector. He's a pretty good three point shooter. I mean, like you said, he's won a championship. He knows. You know, it was. I don't want to say it was on the back of Kawhi because Kawhi was obviously the best player, but like, I mean, Siakam did what he needed to do to help get that uh, ring for himself. Yeah. So I mean, I I I like that. I think uh, he seems like a. And going on what you were saying about Christian Wood, he seems like a better guy in the locker room. You never really hear any. Uh, at least I don't hear any you know, bad things, uh, questionable things about him in the locker room and stuff. So I think he could fit in. He had beef with Nurse the last couple of years. That's kind of the one thing about Pascal that does concern uh, me. Oh, okay. But I don't know. I mean, he's also, like, proven. Not that Christian Wood's not proven or anything. But also, yeah. like I said, Pascal won third-team All-NBA, or was on the All-NBA third-team this year. So I like that prospect. Yeah. Now, here's where I think we get a little more realistic because I don't think a Pascal trade really happens unless we get rid of like Tim and Pal and Bertans and probably Dinwiddie and picks. There would have to be a lot of people. I say, because I, there are three things I think the Mavs need a third wing to relieve Dorian and Reggie from a lot of minutes in the playoffs, a big man, which mm-hmm. we already got and another three point shooter to solve the wing problem. I think it'd be really cool if we reunite with Harrison Barnes. Huh, yeah. He, in this iteration of the team, he's absolutely perfect. He creates his own shot. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a solid defender. He's a solid rebounder. And he's going to be able to guard guys that Dorian and Reggie would guard. And he would relieve so much pressure off of them and would be able to yeah. give them rest so that they're not having to play 42 minutes a game yeah. over the course of a very hard, like, six-week stretch. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, I think I, he's kind of, like, genuinely he would be perfect on this team. And he doesn't make a lot of money either. He only makes $20 million. I like that. Yeah, it'd be cool to have him back because uh, we kind of did him dirty. Uh, yeah, we sure did. I go for literally nothing. We... we that was the old Mavs front office. Uh, we got the new Mavs front yep. office now, though. So yep, whole different vibe. It would now. actually be a good trade for us. Um, yeah, we're not having to give him up for Justin Jackson and whoever else we got. Zach Randolph. Zach, Zach Randolph. Gosh, I forgot about. Who just that. retired? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I. Uh, gosh, dude, that was terrible. I I have one for you. There's been yeah. rumors. Um, about let me let me find the tweet real quick the Mavs were also looking apparently to grab uh miles turner and with that they the picture that has up of you know the future lineup or whatever they say it would be luca brunson reggie wood and miles turner now i personally would obviously do dodo over Mm -hmm. reggie yep but give me your thoughts on that because i don't i I don't think i know a ton about Miles Turner, not enough to really form a sure. great opinion, but I, yeah. Um, he's injury prone. He's actually, I think, played more or less games over the last few years than Chris Stapps, which is not great. Really? Yeah. And I think that the prospects of that feel kind of redundant now that we have Wood. 
personally. Yeah. Um, he's an elite rim protector. Like, elite on defense. Yeah. And he's okay at threes. Like, eh. He does, he's not really a good offensive player. Euless Trinity mm-hmm. uh, prospect. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, oh, yeah. He went to Trinity High School in our area. I didn't know that. But I, I just... I think after making that trade and knowing that Indy's going to want like stuff for the future because they're obviously in a rebuild mode and trying to build around uh, Halliburton. I mean, we don't have that many picks to give him anyway, so I just, I don't know. I just don't love the prospects of that right now, especially after. I think if we don't make the wood trade, I feel more like open to it, but I, I think now it feels kind of... You're 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 chilling on it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I, I don't think he'd be a bad fit on the team. I mean, he'd certainly be better than Dwight Powell, for sure. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I just don't think that's really possible now at this rate. But who knows? This front office could surprise us more. Another person who I was just thinking about today, actually another person who I know we're linked to again, and it feels kind of late that we're linked to him again because he's old and kind of washed, is Goran Dragic. But he would oh, replace the the vibes factor that we just lost with Boban. So I guess, and yeah. we kind of need an, another guard. I would go after Brandon Cause Knight. He, Cause Brandon Knight played good when he was on his COVID deal here. This yeah. Year. I, I forgot he was on how many 10 days with us? Couple, just, I think like, two, two, maybe three, just two. He wasn't as long as Marquise, okay. um, but I would be down to get him and let him play the Trey Burke role. Yeah. Where he'll come in for when he's needed. Yeah. But like, He's not going to, you know, he's going to ride the bench for the yeah. most part, not get more than four yeah. minutes a game yeah. for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I'm down to, to give him, like, a minimum deal, both him and Drogic. You know who else I think we should reunite with? Wes Matthews. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you could get him on a vet minimum, and he's going to give you good defense and threes. You know, thinking about all of this, I, I have a question about someone on our current roster. Okay. Where does Josh Green fit in in all of this now? Does he go further down? Do we think uh, he, I think he, obviously he had a much better second year uh, than he did first sure, year. Yeah. I I don't think he can, you know, go down anymore. I think if he's more confident and because I think that's his worst thing about him. He He's sometimes just, I don't want to say stupid, but I guess that's what he is. He, he makes dumb decisions sometimes, but he just not very confident and you saw it a lot in the playoffs. Yeah. That's why we ended up sitting him. Yeah. Uh, and also we had Frank back too, but, um, oh, yeah, we got, yeah, we got to make sure we keep Frank to be clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be good too. Um, but like, I liked where Josh was going, you know, towards the end of the season and stuff. I thought he was one of those young guys that brought us a little bit more energy. Cause he was, as he actually played, correct me if I'm wrong, but he played pretty decently in the Jazz series. Yeah, after the first um, game, or first or second game, he played okay. He in game three he made threes and like had some yeah. good defensive moments, but outside of that, he was not good. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't know where where do you see him in all of this? <sighs> I mean, he's probably depending on who we get because I think my dream scenario at this rate would be your top eight or nine guys in a playoff rotation. Because I think we need eight to nine guys. Because this past yeah. season we had six that could really play. Between Luca, Brunson, Dinwiddie, Reggie, and Dorian, and the occasional minutes from Maxi, the occasional minutes from Powell, the occasional minutes from Frank. If you can go get an HB, for example, 
Um, and if you add him, add him plus Wood to those six, seven guys that I just mentioned, not counting Frank, mm-hmm. not counting Powell, not counting Maxi, and then not counting Tim, who's going to be back. Yeah, true. He's probably the 11th or 12th guy on the team. I mean, he's better yeah. than Theo Pinson because Pinson's probably the 15th guy on the team because it sounds like we're going to re-sign Pinson him. Pinson went crazy in the last game, it's true, though. It's true. Um, <laughs> I'll be against the Spurs, but still. Um, this, yeah. doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. He could be good in in spots and spurts in the playoffs, but I mean, obviously he would have to get a lot of solid run in the regular season. And depending on how we fill in our depth this year, I don't know how that's possible. Because yeah, thinking about all these potential guys coming to us and stuff, I mean, maybe he could be part of a trade. Yeah. Uh, I think I I do think he has really good potential. Um, or maybe not really good, but good potential. He's just got to be more confident. Maybe he could build that confidence, getting more play time for a lesser team, yeah. you know? Yeah. And maybe he could turn into something great. So I, I don't think we need a second star. I, I'm in the same campus, the front office of like, we need depth and we need to fit more than anything. And yeah. And I hope that they, I mean, they're trying to show that right now. I mean, they seem to believe Christian would be a good fit. So I, I'm going to trust that because, I mean, obviously, like, Nico is new, and so he has a long leash as opposed to, like, if Donnie was still around, you know, but obviously he's not anymore. Yeah, like I said, Mavs free agency in depth with Preston will come later, but that's kind of where I'm at right now with everything. I have no idea about the draft. I'm going to watch it, and I'll probably forget about it the day after. So that's kind of how I feel about the state <laughs> of the league right now. And yeah. we'll see free agency when it starts next like Friday or, or whatever, how that goes. But shall we end with our random hit around like we always do? Um, go for it. Let's go for it. Do you have anything before we talk about the stuff that I mentioned to you about before we started recording? Uh, I'm trying to think of stuff happening in the NFL. Oh, uh, I saw something about Deshaun Watson. Apparently it's looking like he'll have a year-long suspension. Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Baker, I, 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 I'm a Baker believer. Yeah, I honestly. know you're a Baker guy. I, I too. I like he, Baker, man. Yeah, and that's surprising. I know, you know, I know, Boomer but I, you, yeah, you I know, but, but still, uh, I think, I think, you know, the Browns might try to keep him now, but I think I said it before. Um, I don't know if I've said it to you, but I've definitely been in talks. One of my roommates, he's a Seahawks fan. The Seahawks should be gunning for him. Uh, mm, yeah. I mean, do you really want Drew Locke as your nope. starter? Like, uh, I think. Baker could fit in well there. I think Pete Carroll is a good coach there and stuff. Um, and I mean, he's got good receivers there. He's got DK Metcalf. He's got uh, Lockett. But like I said, with this whole um, Deshaun Watson thing, they're probably going to want to keep Baker. So yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. I this Deshaun thing is is a lot, man. And I think it's less and less likely that he'll ever play in the NFL ever again. But yeah, which I mean. You know, it sucks in terms of just wanting to watch him as a player because he is a fantastic quarterback. Yeah. He literally turned a dog doo doo Houston team. I mean, oh, I don't, I don't want to say dog doo doo because like they had good defense and stuff. They had some good receivers and stuff. But I mean, he went toe to toe in the uh, AFC Championship a few years back with uh, the Chiefs and stuff. I think it was a championship second um, round. I think, but. Oh, uh, okay. But, I mean, they blew a lead, I think, because I'm pretty yeah. sure yeah, that's, that's when what it was. they were yep. up, like, 21 or 28, something, you know, 
three plus scores going into half or yep. something like that. And, you know, Mahomes turned it on. But uh, anyways, like Deshaun Watson, when he's playing and stuff, he's easily a top 10 quarterback, arguably a top five yeah. in the league. Yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, can't do the things you're doing, whether you're, you know, whether it's actually, even though it's proven guilty, yeah. you know, we won't go too far yeah. into that. But, you know, yeah, what I, mean. I know what you mean. Well, let's talk about some music. <laughs> Because yeah. uh, our boy Champagne Poppy decided, I'm going to drop a dance album uh, out of out nowhere. Of nowhere. Um, and I finally finished it today. Uh, it was it was fine. I mean. Terrible. It was just like, here's my thing with Drake, man. I love him. I'm a big Drake guy. I know a lot of people are going to get turned off by that. But I really like. I, I, I like love Drake his too, old so. stuff. Like so much. Yeah. What like. I, I don't know what he's trying to accomplish at this point. I mean, he's kind of at a point where he can yeah. do whatever he wants because he's had so much success. But I, I did not enjoy listening to this album. And I think it would have served better as a five or six song EP. He's not that good of a singer to warrant singing for 52 minutes on an album. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and he was just like ad-libbing a lot of the time and saying, ah, you know, like. And so many of the songs are just, I mean, just, you can see I have it up here, like four and a half minutes, five yeah. minutes, and then some two minutes, four minutes, five yeah. and a half, four. Like the production is and cool, like, but like it's, yeah, it's kind of overkill. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, the only song that's just him that's even okay, I personally think is a uh, Sticky. Yeah. Sticky is the best song obviously besides i think what everyone agrees with and that's why when you see on spotify here it has the most plays by mile except for a close second with falling back jimmy cooks yeah with 21 yeah the only uh, rap song on and, the album yeah and i you know me i 21 is in my top three yeah um, i know you love him I, and honestly drake might be too just from overall but 21 uh actually Drake's not in there. I would say 21, Uzi, and uh, J. Cole's. J. Cole's my number one. And then I would probably say 21, then Uzi. But uh, in terms of rapping and stuff. But uh, yeah, even on this, 21 is... Him and Uzi are my two favorites when they feature on songs. Mm -hmm. This was one of the lower ones for 21. And I think... I think it's honestly because, you know, I'm sure you're like me. Um, When you listen to a new album, typically listen to it from first to last you're not sh- hitting shuffle correct as all albums should at be all. played like you should listen to my yes. ep when it comes out in a few days front to back big facts big facts big facts big facts yeah so i think i was already kind of just like man this you're album tired out. freaking yeah. sucks yeah and i want i had heard good things about jimmy cook so i was like i want to get to it and i just want to listen to it and you know i don't like i mean you obviously listen to it right so like you know when the beat kind of switches and stuff the flow yeah. There's times where I like when flow switches if it's the same beat, Mm -hmm. but it takes me like it kind of caught me by surprise when the flow switched like that. 21's part was good. I mean, it sounded like 21, you know, guns banging, all that, but uh, it was okay. I mean, that song specifically, everything else was garbage. The one good thing I will say, at least about the first like three or four songs, because you listen to it in order, it's, it's, there's no, um, pause really yeah. it just goes right from one to the other which i i think is always a cool yeah. thing it's kind of like uh andy's last album yeah. uh yeah yeah with uh what is it 
falling back or whatever uh i can't think of the song but fall am i falling where it goes from am i to falling i love how that the beat kicks in and stuff and yeah yeah so i can't stand that falling back song like the what a terrible way to start the album because he's just like the ending of it is so bad and then i look up on google i haven't seen the music video for it yet and i don't plan on seeing it because i mean the headline of like Drake shoots music video where he marries 23 women and has cameo appearance of Tristan Thompson. I'm so out on that. So out on the prospect of all of that. So we'll not be watching that. Yeah. Like I said, the production's fine. Like it was cool, but I just can't stand it, man. Like, is it better than CLB? No, I I don't think so. I think CLB... And CLB is not that CLB is not that good. No, like, but I there's some stuff on CLB that I kind of enjoyed. Not stuff on this album, man. Like I'm knife talk is. I mean, once again, it's probably slightly favoritism, but I think most people knife talk is good. Uh, You only did twice is good. (laughs) The Kid Cudi song is solid. The Jay Z song is solid. The Travis Scott song is solid. Way too sexy. It's kind of funny. It is funny, Uh, and and it's honestly a solid song too. Yeah, like there's some, they're decent songs. Like they're not terrible. I, I don't know if I'm going to listen to this, like most of of these songs from this record, like probably ever again, to be honest. Like I'm so yeah, out on I it. I mean, I'm sure I'll be listening to Jimmy Cooks and stuff more because sometimes I'll just have 21 on a playlist, just him, his profile, yeah. you know, and it just randomizes. So I'm sure I'll get some Jimmy Cooks and stuff. Yeah. But I think which what okay Drake should have done is keep five or six of these songs or release five or six of these songs as an EP as like one EP and then release Jimmy cooks as just a standalone single and then yeah. release the other yes. six or seven songs as another EP and it would have been okay, but it I, was too long. I saw, I, I saw something. I don't know if it's really a big deal, but it was like, uh, he released honestly, never mind. Uh, I think exactly nine months after CLB. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too far into With it, the but cover? because of the picture Did, on, n- uh, I don't think you are. I think that's fair. Like, because he has a kid, right? Yes. Does he maybe now have two kids? And we just don't know. God, I hope not. But yeah, who knows, man? Although those kids probably, I mean, with Drake as their father, you know, and they're sad. You man. Think they're, yeah, yeah. I mean, the kid he has now, Adonis, is uh, he's got he's got pretty cool hair, man. Like he's got really long blonde curly I hair. Seen recent. Um, What's Adonis? His name? I I read a theory that Drake found out that Beyonce was dropping her album like next month, and he said, "All right, I'm gonna drop this now then," because I think they're like gonna be on the same day, and uh, he was like, "Well, I'm not gonna win out to Beyonce on like charts and numbers and stuff." So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how true that is, but that's something to consider. Speaking, yeah, if it was a better album, he probably right, would. Right. Speaking of music. Another person who put an album out that we actually knew about ahead of time, not three hours before, uh, was Monsieur Puss Malone with, yes, uh, was it 12 Carat Toothache? Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that was right. Um, yeah. Not his best by any means, but I liked it. I thought he was really vulnerable on the record, and there was a lot of stuff that like, I'm glad he said and talked about, and some of the production was cool. Like, There's some cool songs on it. The, the song with... Uh, uh, Doja Cat is like super cool, like kind of a banger. I like the song with uh with Kid Lowry. That's pretty cool. 
Kid, Kid Leroy. Leroy. Not Kid Larry, Kid Leroy. <laughs> but, um, um, wrapped yeah. around your finger is just like the second version of Circles, but it's still fine. Um, yeah. I like When I'm Alone a lot. And I mean, the other songs are like, they're just like solid. You know what I mean? Not my favorite from him either. I mean, um, it's a debate between uh, Hollywood's Fleeting and uh, the second one. I can't remember the name I, of it. I'm blanking on it too. Hold up. I can pull it up. Uh, Beer Bongs Thank you. or Stoney? Uh, well, Stoney was pretty good. good too, man. I don't know. Uh, those three are better than this one. But it's not a bad album by any means. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I told you, like, I, I haven't given this a full listen to yet. And I, you know, thinking about it, I probably will here soon. Uh, my roommate, he's a big posty guy he loves those kind of i don't want to say sadder songs but like more like make you think yeah songs you know uh kp he's the one but uh and he also loves kid Leroy, so he loves that song and i've listened to that song plenty of times in my living nice. room uh because he'll just play it on my giant alexa i got in there yeah. but um there was one song it was like three in the morning me and him were having a deep talk and he's like bro i gotta show you this song and i think it might have been reputation he's just talking about all his struggles and stuff and like feelings about things and stuff. And like, obviously he, it's very vague to when describing posty, but like you just see post get so into his music, man. And like, you can hear it in his voice. It's just like, there's sometimes where it sounds like he's breaking, Mm. but like not in a bad way. You know what I mean? And that, that's what makes his voice so unique and so amazing. But, and it's also probably the fact that he'll, smoke 18 packs a day but Correct. you know uh, as one does yeah i mean i need to give it a thorough listen to but so far i haven't really been disappointed by i've probably how many songs are on here uh 16 i've maybe listened to five Fair so enough. maybe yeah. but uh i have one for you that i had forgotten about have you heard of joji yes or not heard but do you yes, know joji uh-huh. uh did uh was it slow dancing in the dark yeah oh yeah man dude. slow dancing Woo! in the dark first off I I I will belt that at the top of my yeah, lungs. Man. Have you listened to Glimpse of Us? I think I did yesterday in the car on the way back from camp, but I was also like kind uh-huh. of half asleep because I was trying to take yeah. a nap. So I, I need to listen to it again. Yeah, right. So, you know, right before we filmed this, you texted me saying like you were ready, blah, blah, blah. I was like, definitely forgot about this. I'm in the middle of some Rocket League games because, you know, I got to get that. Get the grind get the grind on uh by the way i'm champ too so uh none of y'all can beat me anyways uh one of my buddies he was like one of my buddies was talking about it and one of our other buddies was telling me to listen to it because he knows i like joji i don't listen to a ton of his music but like he's a very uh feels kind of guy kind of like similar to post a little bit um but yeah i i he was saying, don't listen to it right now because of what you've been going through lately, but give it a couple days and listen to it. Boy, oh boy, in the middle of my Rocket League game, muted, <laughs> muted my Discord and everything. I was just <laughs> vibing oh. and almost crying, Bro. dude, but it was so good, man. Oh, man. You need to give it another true listen because yeah, it's so yes, good. I do. I do. And it's crazy to think that Joji, you know Joji was Filthy Frank, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, from back in the uh-huh, day. Yeah, that, yeah, he he was more of a jokester, but boy, oh boy, can he sing! Yep, yeah, uh, I, yeah. When I when I made that connection, I was like, I couldn't. Believe yeah, it. this doesn't make sense, but it's like kind of cool, you know? Yeah, 
I won't go over the song I know from Filthy Frank because you know it's in the name of Filthy yes. Frank. But yes, but it's just like it's like you said that connection is ridiculously yeah. just insane. Yeah. But. Okay, last thing before we go, World Cup cities were announced. Um, oh yeah. So I'm very excited about the prospects of that and going to a game or two or three, if not in all three countries. Let's go to a game together. I don't care where it is in the U.S. I mean, the ones in Dallas would I mean, be cool, but I also yeah. the, I heard the Dallas game is going to be a semifinal, so those will be buku mm. expensive. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find where... Oh, okay, there here's the list. There's the list. Look. This is at least... Is this just... No, it's everywhere. It's not just America. Yeah. Uh, wait, correct me if I'm wrong. That's your team, right? Monte- well, it's in our rival stadium. It's in Real oh, okay. Stadium, but it's still Monterrey, so I'm going to try to go to game. Hey, you get me there, I'm down to All go right, with bet, you. Bet. Sounds good. You, you, I'll update my passport and everything. Let's go. Um, so it's three cities in Mexico, right? It's three. Monterrey, yep. Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Oh, Guadalajara. Mm-hmm. Three, yeah. and then two in uh, Canada, and the rest of the Vancouver and Toronto, yep. yeah. You know the one I don't know if I mess with too heavily? I don't. Of all these places, I feel like the... At least in America specifically, the least one, I guess, whatever you want to say, in my opinion, is Kansas City. Uh, I just, they, I guess they got the stadium for it. I assume they would play at the Chiefs yeah, Stadium. Arrowhead. Arrowhead. So, like, stadium capacity wise, you know, it's good, but it's like, it's Kansas, man. Or I guess technically it's Missouri, but like, uh, or is it? Yeah, yeah, Missouri. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's Missouri. So it's like, the place is like, I mean, Dallas, Houston, obviously anywhere in Cali because it's L.A., San Fran. I think that's it. And then the Northeast, like Boston, Philly, uh, New York slash New Jersey is what it says. You know, I don't know. Do you know where in New York, New it's Jersey they'd be Life. playing? That's, I've, Met Life. that's where the final's probably going to be. It's either there what? or L.A. <clears throat> What's Met Life again? It's I'm the Giants Jets Stadium. Giants, okay. So, I mean, yeah, to have it in those Northeast areas, I think – Atlanta's solid. I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, um, Atlanta's great because, I mean, they love Atlanta United down there. And yeah, Mercedes-Benz yeah. is a dope stadium. True. That is where they'd play, huh? Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's all so, NFL stadiums then, from what I understand. Like, yeah, here. That, that makes sense, yeah. Um, and then Miami, I feel like you just, you got to have Miami yeah, on there because... Yeah. It's freaking Miami. It's, it's a big Anybody that's gonna be there. hub, so like people will fly in yeah. direct to Miami. Like, mm-hmm. so that's where a lot of people from around the world will come. I kind of, I do agree with you on Kansas City. My one, like, I guess, like pushback. It's not really a pushback because it's like, it is what it is. They've got a good base up there, though. Like, they love Sporting KC, and anytime the national teams there, the U.S. national team, they sell out men's or yeah. women's and so they they have a good culture up there but it is still a little weird but also the i mean the other options were not that like great i was actually kind of surprised by philly to be honest with you because i think there's a, too much going on there's a lot of stadiums in the east that they could have chose or that they already have and philly like the union are not that big up there yeah i mean they have a I great guess. sports culture so that i understand that and i also understand fifa picking them over dc because DC was probably the shocker, but also you're not going to play at FedEx. Like FedEx is a bad yeah. stadium. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I've been thinking more of, you're thinking more like how the American soccer culture around there is. I think I'm thinking more of like the world and what are, um, like what cities you people know. know. 
Yes. Yeah. I, I, get I, I that. don't think a, I don't think a ton of people are gonna. I mean, care for Kansas City. It's in the middle of. I don't want to say it's the middle of nowhere because it's Kansas freaking city, but it's also Missouri and Kansas. Like, yeah. You, you know, like I think they picked th- that not, too because it's like in the direct middle of the country, and they kind of broke everything up by regions. There's like a west region, a central region, and an east region. And yeah. there's like a pretty equal amount of stadiums in each region. And I think there's only three the, in the central. It's just Dallas, Houston, and KC. Okay. So I guess I get that. Spread it out among the country or up among the, you know, spread it out throughout the country is what I'm trying to say, I guess. So, yeah, okay. I, I get that then. Uh, honestly, I could have maybe seen, uh, in terms of just city, not thinking stadium, uh, I could have seen Chicago. Yeah, that was the one know? I think they, they could have subbed. Was put Chicago. Um, what what's the Bears Stadium like? Uh, it's a little older. It would need it would have needed some upgrade. Soldier Field, yeah, that's what it but is. But they would have. I mean, their culture of they're so good. I know the, they're. The, it's not a bad looking. No, stadium. it's not. The fire's not that big of a of a team up there. But I think yeah. if I remember correctly, I think Chicago hosted either like a semifinal or a final of either a gold cup or when Copa America was here like a few years back. So I'm not really sure that that would have been the one I think that could have replaced KC or Philly, but yeah. it, I mean, it is what it is. I, I'm not I thrilled mean, about SoFi getting the LA spot. I think put it at the Rose Bowl, man. Like that was where the final mm-hmm. in 94 was like, it fits more people. It would, does the Rose Bowl fit more yeah. people than oh, SoFi? Yeah. Like SoFi, I think only fits like seventy or eighty, and Rose Bowl definitely fits over ninety thousand people. But let's I'll have to look it up. Seventy thousand, and then Rose. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, SoFi's okay. a dope-looking stadium. Don't get me wrong; like it looks beautiful and it's, it looks super cool and modern. But I don't know. I think. I'm more in terms of what are, where you want to fit people. Yeah, and um, make most ticket revenue and stuff. What's AT and T's capacity? AT and T's like eighty thousand, something like okay. that. Okay. Oh man, you are just on the money right now. Go buy yourself a lottery ticket. But <laughs> no, um, I will not. <laughs> not with but um, but yeah, I mean, you tell me about those three, the three Still, Mexico. It's, yeah, it's stadiums. the three that that make the most sense because stadium wise, I mean. It, Mexico City is is Azteca, which is yeah that that that's an obvious yes I, that one I yeah. knew about yep, yep, yep. like <laughs> but biggest stadium, I don't know Guadalajara or Monterey biggest stadium well. in the country I mean it's hosted two World Cup finals fi- like championship games it has ninety thousand people host the two biggest teams in the country in America and Cruz Azul are two of the biggest Guadalajara makes sense because Chivas is a big team. And that stadium is big enough. I didn't know that's where Chivas played. Yeah, that's where Chivas plays. And okay. uh, that stadium has been upgraded recently and looks really cool. And it fits like 50,000 people or something like that. Um, I don't remember. What's it What's it called? Ac- is it that? Yeah, Akron or something. Yeah, I'll find a capacity for that. I don't really know. It, see, it looks cool, right? Like when you're looking at that picture. Um, yeah. But I can't remember off the top of my head what the capacity is. It's not a huge. Okay, forty six thousand. I mean, but that's how much the probably have some of the gr- group stage games there yeah, and stuff. I mean, most of the games in Canada and Mexico will be group stage games because I think, if I remember correctly, most, if not all, of the games will be like the knockout stage games will be in the U.S. From what I understand. Yeah. 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 Azteca could definitely do it though. Yeah. 
and that has been downgraded. It used to hold a hundred thousand people like not too long really? ago and they've uh, renovated it a lot recently. So now it's not as much, but, but I mean, still 87,000. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. And then the one in Monterrey is my rival team stadium. It's the Estadio BBVA. Um, it looks over a mountain, which is beautiful. It fits like 40,000-ish people. I mean, it looks cool. It makes more sense because the one that Tigris plays in right now is not, like, it's just old as heck. 51,000. Okay, so I, I underestimated that. But go look at pictures of it, dude, like, with, like, the mountain, like, overseeing it. Like, that's, is that, that one right oh there. Oh, my gosh. On the second row. Yes. Oh, this right here? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yes, that that's one. That's beautiful. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. So, that was, yeah, that tiny one's their old stadium. So, the Tigris yeah, one didn't make beautiful. sense from like a capacity or logistic or infrastructure standpoint. Now they are renovating it or making a new one and it's supposed to be on par with this Rayados one, but it, it may or may not get done before the world cup. And I think they wouldn't have considered it. So that's why they chose this one. So it's, it is what it is, okay. and, but it makes sense from a city perspective. It's the second or third largest city in Mexico. So you got to have gotcha. it there. So, and the other stadiums in the country are not that big. Like the smaller team stadiums are not yeah, like yeah. they maybe hold 40,000 people be like, and they look like kind of ragtag, you know, they're going to be like FC Dallas kind, kind of vibe. Yeah. In terms of capacity yeah, and all that. Yeah. And they look yeah. kind of weird and stuff. And the gotcha. Puma stadium, there's like a big track like around it. So like the uh, nearest yeah. person is like, 300 yards away from the actual field yeah. so like why would you have it there and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i'm excited though man i i've had to start saving up money now but i'm, I'm pumped about the prospect of going to that here in four years so feel free to join join with me dude i you know we gotta do call, it call me when you're ready to purchase the tickets yeah, dude, you and me and clayton man i think we'd have fun doing that together that'd be a fun little, Definitely. little trip but Hopefully, you know, a U.S. game, but, yes. you know. But any game down at this for whatever. Point, yeah, it's the World Cup. This... I'd go I'd go watch a Mexico game for you. That's my boy. That's my just, boy. Just for you. Just for me. All right, dude. Well, let's, let's wrap it up here. Thanks for being here. We're going to get to the outro bit now, as we have recently. But, Noah, say adios. Adios, muchacho. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. There you have it. It's always good to have Noah around, man. Such a great friend and a great guest to the show. Y'all be sure to follow him on social media. If you need to find his handle, you can look it in the show notes. All right, so we're two episodes deep into the week. Yesterday's was super fun. Today's was super fun. And the one tomorrow is going to be very fun and different and interesting. It's my behind-the-scenes slash making-of episode about my new EP, Proximity, which comes out three days from now from the release of this episode on june the 24th here's the deal if you have any questions about the ep about like any songs the concept the title the cover art anything relating to it and if you want me to answer it on that episode let me know as soon as you can by emailing the pod denisandfriendspod at gmail.com or DMing me on Instagram, both on the personal or podcast Insta or messaging me or texting me or whatever. And I will hopefully be able to answer that question when I record. Um, but that's coming out tomorrow, so hope you're ready for that. And go ahead and pre-save slash pre-order the EP if you haven't already. 
um, because that would help out a lot and help out with all the algorithms and stuff like that. So that's tomorrow, and then we'll go from there. Thanks for being here. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a five-star rating and five-star review on Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get podcasts from, and subscribe and all that. Um, follow the pod at Dennis and Friends Pod at, on Instagram. And uh, like I said, email the pod if you have any questions. Dennis and Friends Pod at gmail.com. And follow me on social media at Dennis Carmen Jr. for all my personal stuff and music stuff and all those things. So I will see you guys tomorrow. Be good. Do good. Adios, muchachos and muchachas.